Alright guys, welcome to the round table. I'm gonna be actually doing the show now. We're here. I'm here with I'm Adrian, Sam Kitty Man, Kim Sex. Uh, with me is Morks, Nick. Hey, what's going on guys? And we're gonna be talking about lots of stuff. Of course, Civil War. Civil War. Ah War. Civil War. Mm, Civil War. So so good. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, thoughts, Nick? Civil War. I, it's it's hard to tell after just one viewing, but I think it's probably the best one they've come out with yet. Really? Even yeah. Better, even better than Winter Soldier. I, I think possibly. Um, and and that's a, a tough choice to make. I mean, almost apples and oranges, but I mean nah, they they're both Captain America. I mean, right. Which is so weird, too, because I, I did not ever care for Captain America growing up. Like, really? the character at all. Yeah, no, I just... Hit me the same way that Superman does, just a little too... Too Boy Scout, too boring. I don't know. And weirdly fascist in a lot of the comics. Like, I, I, I'll give you that, but I mean, I'm talking about just in terms of the MCU. In MCU, I've loved Captain America the entire time. Like, I was blown away by the first Captain America movie and they've just gotten progressively better I think I think that Civil War ma- like matches Winter Soldier but I think where Winter Soldier stands out is that you don't need to have the full MCU under your belt that's the only thing that really edges it out for me is that you can go like you can show someone who's never seen anything and they just know oh I kind of know Captain America he's like a superhero right yeah and they're spies and stuff. Oh, okay, cool. And then, like, people, like, especially older folks who know who Robert Redford is, they see that movie and they're like, cool, this is like a, a new 80s movie for me. Cool. Spy thriller. <laughs> like, this is what I want. I don't know. Um, I went with people that had not seen the previous ones and they didn't have any issues with it. I mean, they, they got what was happening pretty effectively. Um, Having seen every MCU movie, I, I could see how, like, in my head, if nobody explains to you who Bucky is going into this one, it's going to be a little jarring. But then again, in the same one, we have Black Panther introduced, and after, like, 30 seconds, we're already invested in his story. So, clearly it's possible to just introduce somebody pretty quick, and it not really matter if you know their full backstory. Well, uh, I think it applies to Bucky the same way it does with T'Challa. I, I think, though... Uh, again, Civil War, because of the role that Bucky plays in, integral to the plot, not knowing that they were best friends since whatever and so forth, makes Captain America's actions seem kind of weird. See, I would think that too, but like I said, the people that I saw it with were like, no, we got it immediately. Like, Well, I know. I know they're I'm, they're I'm just be- saying, best buds. I'm, I'm just saying that in terms of like the Winter Soldier where he sees this old friend... And then they explain it, like, like I think that still sets like sets it up for people who have never seen anything to be like, I'm down. Yeah, but again, they're they're both such great movies, Jesus Christ, and um, definitely Black Panther. Uh, oh yeah, warning! Uh, this is gonna be spoiler. Spoilery. Yeah, it's gonna it's a get... little little spoilery. It's gonna get spoilery super fast. Uh, here's the thing: I was I was wondering. Okay, so you're gonna introduce Black Panther. Cool. 
I thought it was going to be one of those things where you introduce Black Panther and then you have the origin story of Black Panther be the uh, the solo movie. But this movie took care of all the introductions you needed. Yeah. I know I saw T'Chaka die. I saw T'Challa take the fucking mantle. I saw him be Black Panther. He he grew as a character with, with what little time he had. He went from just this young, like, kind of like, I disagree with you, father, but, you know, like, I'm here with you. And then he dies, and he's like, oh, vengeance. And then he realizes that vengeance isn't the answer. All in the movie. Yeah. And he wasn't even the main fucking focus. Yeah, he had an entire, like, arch and, and everything. I mean, like, he, he had character progression in, like, five minutes of on-air screen time. That in itself is just impressive. Yeah. It was impressive. And then... The, 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 the way Spider-Man's origins were kind of, you know, glossed over but touched on enough that you, you kind of get that we know where we're coming from, too, I thought was really well done. Yeah, it's like, I've been, I've been, this, I've been this person for six months, and it's kind of like, yeah. okay, he's relatively new at it, he's doing his best, but it's clear that... Um, we don't need to see every bit of the origin. He's still like kind of shit at it, to be honest, though. Like, to, to, especially the costume, like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he doesn't have everything figured out, and that's the one thing that definitely uh, stood out in some of the other movies, where it's kind of like he instantly gets a suit. Like, okay, he figured that out super quick. Like, the Amazing Spider-Man had him do it super quick. Whereas at least Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, he did have that shitty wrestler costume. And it took him yep. a while before he got to that point where he was in full spider, spider gear. At least this movie says, okay, he's in shitty costume. But then who steps in? Tony Stark. The guy with all the money. The guy with all the money. And their relationship in the comics has always been this weird, we're both geniuses. But one of us actually relishes that, that fact. And the other one just lives in squalor. <laughs> right. Oh, God, I lost my job. Oh, no, the rhino's attacking on my way to the interview. What do I do? <laughs> and it's like, oh, I got to save the thing. And then he's late for his interview. And then, oh, dang it, poor again. <laughs> right. But what, what does he do if he's late to the interview, though? He doesn't just get in his car and drive fast. He has to fucking go and turn into Spider-Man and go <laughs> you know, web shooting across town because he can't afford having a car or not living somewhere where you can only ride the subway. <laughs> Which is again, it's like, uh, he can't even afford public transportation. Like that's right. the thing that's crazy to me. But again, with the way they introduced him, Marissa Tomei's Aunt May. I've never had a more confused boner. Just like, oh, <laughs> uh, Aunt May's. Oh no, it's Aunt May though. Shit. I I like Shit. the the kind of subtle wink about the the other Aunt Mays. Uh, when he, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he said something to the effect of, you know, you have a really, like, attractive aunt and something about how, you know, oh, well, we don't all look like this or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, a little, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing the whole, you know, we're scaling down the ages to. Now it's not like a geriatric Aunt May. That was a, de- definitely know? a jarring thing for me in uh, the original movies. It was like, Aunt May is super old. <laughs> and not like that's a bad thing or anything, but like if you want to like squeak out years of comics and have Peter Parker grow up from a teenager to a man to an 
someone in his 30s, anime can't still be fucking around. Like, Jesus, you made her already look like she's 85. Like, from the start, you had had 20 years to that. She's not 105 walking around doing shit. Right. At least not to the capacity they show in the comics. But I'm glad that they got Russell Tomei, who's super beautiful. And it's just... Tony Stark flirting with her, it's like perfect. It's like, mm, it, yeah. perfect. It, it makes really good sense. Especially in the context of the MCU, it fits perfectly. I mean, after Pepper Potts kind of, you know... Whatever the deal there is. I mean, I, mean, I get it, and it just, but it feels so throwaway to kind of remove uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Are they just... I was about to say, are they just trying to get rid of her? Because I could totally understand it, because she's gone a little off the deep end. But I, yeah, I don't know if that's a definitely a a professional thing or not a movie thing. Because I definitely I know like in Avengers they just kind of wrote off Natalie Portman as oh no we kept her safe uh, by taking sending her to Alaska. Right. And it's like and also because nobody missed not having Natalie Portman in that. Nothing's wrong with Natalie Portman. It's it's I don't think it's her at all. I just think the Jane Foster character for the MCU is awful it's underwritten is is the big problem is that she's definitely love interest and it's like um, when i think it's so unnecessary when we have a really well cast sif like why don't we just go with that uh, because it's a thing it, it depends what if they're going for the jane foster turns into thor uh, angle for if Griffith oh there's no way in hell they're gonna do that i'm in just MCU. saying they have set up the red herrings already for Captain America, like you have both future other Captain Americas uh, already like set up. You have Bucky and you have Falcon. You have both alternate Captain Americas ready to go in case they need to axe Chris Evans for some reason. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think they just want to use the characters that are fun. Honestly, like I think I think. Winter Soldier is a fun character to use. I think Falcon's a fun character. I don't think it's necessarily they're they, preparing they for it. Fucking froze him at the end. What are you talking about? They froze him again. Oh, until we figure it out. You know. You know what? I read an interesting theory about it though. Uh, what's going to happen is something's going to happen to Captain America in Infinity War, and they have to bring out Bucky, and it's going to then... be, be Tony Stark learning how to forgive Bucky and using his weird glasses that show the past as he, right. as he imagines it. Yeah. And he's to help see. like eliminate brain trauma and we have fucking Bucky scrambled eggs barns. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I could see that. Like that was definitely a nice little setup. I think if that was, if that's what they're going with it, I am down to see where that goes. I'm yeah. Da- I'm down to see where any of that goes. Well, and I imagine that Frozen Bucky just kind of hanging out in Wakanda is probably going to pop up in the Black Panther movie, too. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would like to think so, but at the same time, it's kind of like what I'm looking forward to, if they have the balls to do it, is the way that they set up, the way they ended Civil War is, uh, oh, by the way, um, T'Challa told the government what happened, so... You got to be on the run again, and then she and then Black Widow just leaves. Like that's it, and it's like, okay, are you trying to set up a spy thriller movie where she has to fucking like still do good and run away from 
the also other good, like. Well, I mean, they they say that they're gonna do a Black Widow solo movie, and if you're gonna do a Black Widow solo movie, the only kind of movie I think you can effectively do is a is a spy thriller. Like that's what Black Widow is. She's a she's a spy. Right. I'm, you can't I'm you can't do a Black Widow solo movie and it not be a spy thriller in my mind. So yeah, I think they are setting up for that. I think that's the whole point. I would love that. It's just it's just like have her and Hawkeye go together because you know. One of the best uh, little sarcastic quips I heard about the ending of um, Civil War is that Captain America and the rest have become the A-Team. Right, basically. The secret Avengers. Yeah, they're the secret Avengers. It's like, if you have trouble (laughs) and you need it done quickly and off the books, call Captain America and his A-Team. But I'm fine with that. I, I can live with that. Um, something that I saw suggested that I think would be awesome would be if they do the Black Widow solo movie and do it as a spy thriller and have Black Widow in Agent 13. Like, Right. All the lesser characters in that regard. I would love to see her team up with Nick Fury because, again, Nick Fury has was not mentioned once in Civil War. And he has been a rogue agent. Oh, oh no. What happened there? No. Issues. Technical difficulties. I'm assuming there's storms in Alabama. Anyway, as I was saying, uh, I'll repeat it back for him when he gets back. If he gets back. That's not good. Let's call him again. Anyway. Doot, doot, doot. Let's see if we can get this fixed up real quick. And that's where doing it live makes it harder. So, this is interesting. It's one of the problems with uh, his strange internet is that sometimes it just decides to cut out. And his computer crashed. Alright, then I'm just going to talk about it. Uh, They didn't mention a Black Panther. I mean, they didn't mention Nick Fury once. And that raises a question for me in terms of what's happening with him since they're going after all these rogue agents and whomever. It it seems like a Black Widow movie could definitely head into that particular territory, which I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind it heading into that territory with, with spy thriller already being kind of the go-to genre for Black Widow, which I'm sure it'll be. Uh, throw in Nick Fury. He's also a spy. Uh, throw in Agent 13. She was kind of breaking the law, I guess. Also working for or helping out Captain America as she was working for the CIA, which, hmm, crazy. But 
I, I think that these, I think Civil War just kind of opens up a lot to the rest of the MCU. Because again, it's definitely, it was definitely thought that they were going to have just a, a minor spat and have it resolved at the end of the movie. And it's clear that that didn't happen. That didn't happen at all. Uh, and I think that that's a, that's something that, I think it kind of shocked me a little bit because I know that there was already like, oh, whose side are you on? Blah, blah, blah. They did a real good job of not letting you think that one side is just right flat out because that would be just, you know, that'd be easy. It'd be easy to just have one say, make one overly villainous. But I think there's an argument on both sides for Captain America being right and Iron Man being right that isn't really shown as clearly as it could have been. Or maybe, I don't know, it was it was definitely shown. Because I could make that argument that Captain America's right. Like, with all this bureaucracy and red tape, what, what, what they're trying to mitigate, what the UN is trying to mitigate is collateral damage. And even with regulations and whatever, you're not going to mitigate collateral damage. It's going to happen. If aliens invade New York, it didn't matter if it took them to vote and say, yeah, send in the Avengers. Because then by the time that anyone acted, there would already be so many dead, so much destruction. The only difference is they would have been sanctioned to do that. Which I think is, is, is again, makes Captain America's point seem, oop, it's really loud. Man, Skype, why are you so loud sometimes? Is there a way to turn that particular sound down? Oh my god. Let's turn that down all the way. But yeah, it, it makes it makes Captain America's side understandable. That you can't react fast enough. But at the same time, I understand having oversight from from Iron Man's side. It's not like there isn't a a checks and balances for that kind of action. Like having that in play is not a bad thing. Like it most definitely not a bad thing. But Um, trying to get Nick back, but I'm I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes because the end definitely made it seem very A-teamy, and hey, we got Nick back. One second, let me just change the volume. For some reason, the ringing on Skype is just way too loud. There we go. You back? You live? Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what the hell happened. It just went crazy. It's a new computer, dude. Yeah, pretty much. But anyway, I was just talking about how uh, they make an argu- they make a great argument for both sides to be right. Like you could say Captain America's right, and you're right. Iron Man's right, and you're also right. Yeah. Um. What What I've been enjoying saying lately is that uh, I am on Team Black Widow because she's the only one that makes any damn sense the entire time, in my opinion. Like. 
Caps full on, we can't do this. We we have to, you know, take a stand, the whole, you know, stand against the river speech thing. Yeah, that's cause that's, that's straight from the comics. And I don't I know, know. I don't I know, know I don't know why they had Agent Thirteen saying it. I think it makes more sense than Captain America saying it about himself. Because, like I said, MCU Cap isn't half the fascist that, you know, comic Cap is. And I feel <laughs> like it'd sound really weird coming from Chris Evans' mouth. I think, I think it'd be weird. I mean, it's a pretty but, mouth. But, so. you know, but he's, you know, they're, they're both, like, no compromises in kind of being, like, annoyingly obstinate about their positions. And then Black Widow comes in and she's like, why don't we just say we agree with them until we decide not to? And then we can rebel. Which is the only thing that makes any goddamn sense. And I wish that both of them would have been like, oh yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I mean, it wouldn't have been as interesting of a movie, but you know. Well, the whole thing is they had three They had three days and it does, it's not a short trip from America to London to go to a funeral. Sure, uh, and that's what happened right as they were talking about it. Cap left, and so the accords were going to be signed, and so some people just didn't sign. Which, again, fine. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. No, I just I I fully agree with the idea that they should just go along with it for now until you know it's not the best idea, and then they can make a different choice. But you know, getting all like wound up about just the signing of it—it's weird. Like, I mean, this is this is still like our our planet and our government, which means that this thing's gonna get challenged in court within like five minutes of being ratified. So, like, let's see how that plays out. This is, again, I, I, I would have preferred just like having you know the uh, Murdoch and, and She Hulk in a legal drama about the legality of the Sokovia Accords. I mean, that would like let's just a have great one let's shot. Have a few good men. You know, you can't handle out. the metahumans. Wait, no. <laughs> I think that a it, it, the one thing that really stretches it for me, because again, I my suspension of disbelief is fantastic. All right, Iron Man, <laughs> War Machine, The Vision, Scarlet Witch, all these things. I'm like, yes, I'm in. But the <laughs> fact that they have like the UN having all this power, I'm like, eh, wait a second, what? <laughs> I mean, magic is one thing, but a UN that has power, i it's tough. A UN with authority? Get the fuck out of here. Also, I, I do have one minor plot problem with Civil War. Ooh, here we go. Um, it, it's really minor, and it's going to be easily explained. It's just, it's kind of annoying. You guys have been operating with, with no oversight, and you guys are, you're, you're a rogue cop with nothing to lose, and, and turn in your badge and gun, and, <laughs> and I'm all like, okay, yeah, cool. So Thunderbolt Ross in Cool the Avengers. And then I got to thinking, wasn't wasn't he like in charge of setting that whole initiative up? Didn't he meet with Stark to talk about the Avengers initiative? Wasn't that his baby? But that wasn't his idea, I don't think. I think that Stark. But he was the one talking wait, 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 about. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. In, in the in the order in the order in which it is um, actually presented in the MCU timeline, Hulk happens after Iron Man. But that wasn't his idea, I don't think. I think that Stark. But he was the one talking wait, 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 about wait, wait, wait. it. No, 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 no. In, in the in the order in the order in which it is um, actually presented in the MCU timeline, Hulk happens after Iron Man. Right. So because because the the 
post-credit scene of Incredible Hulk was Tony Stark meeting Thunderbolt Ross to talk about the Avengers. Initiative. Exactly. That wasn't that wasn't the that wasn't Ross who started who started it. Then Tony was already approached as Iron Man after the fact, saying, "Hey, we're going to talk to you about this." And then right, no, I, yeah, it, it's it's Fury talks to Stark, then Stark talks to to Ross, but like. That's my point is before it was even an official thing, he was involved with it. Like he, he I don't know. It struck me as him coming in and being like, oh, yeah, you, you guys are just doing this thing with no – I mean we had no idea y'all were going to do this thing. And I'm like, but but you were there. Yes, but you, know, like, you have to also take into account – you have to take into account where Avengers 1 happened and then Winter Soldier with the downfall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the release of all these documents and stuff like that, that they no longer became this uh, – because they thought, okay, they're with S.H.I.E.L.D., but then at the end of the Avengers, they basically did whatever they want, and they go, where are they now? And it's like, I don't know. And it's like, you don't know where they're at? Oh, and it's all like, I don't think we'll we'll need them, but if we do need them, they'll show up. Right. And like, so... Like that's, that's oddly specific, Nick. Can we just get a straight answer, maybe? <laughs> Th- thanks, Nick. You're uh, you're real, real helpful I mean, there. That's, that's incredibly poetic, but like, I, I just actually want an answer. Like geo coordinates, maybe. Okay, ready. Latitude, uh, longitude, you know something. Thor's in Asgard. You know that. So I mean, he's not even <laughs> in this world. Um, Tony Stark. You can literally find him on any tabloid. Um, right. You you can't find the guy who came out and said he was a superhero. Like. <laughs> Like five minutes after becoming a superhero, and the guy with the building with his name just on the building that just says Stark on it. You I mean, he managed to keep his secret identity secret for a total of three weeks. <laughs> That's pretty much it, right? Like, it didn't take any time before he's all like, "I'm Iron Man. That's it. We're done here." Yeah, I mean, he gets back, and he, I mean, we're, like two weeks later, it's two weeks. He's just like, "I gotta tell somebody," and by that he means everybody. No, he, but he, I guess for Tony Stark, I mean his ego that that is it makes yeah. perfect sense. It falls in line. It falls in line with who he is as a character. But it, the thing that just gets me is the fact that it doesn't always just mesh for me. Uh, in terms of um, how people seem to attack his character change, they're like again. I'm glad they addressed it. With Black Widow, he goes, "Weren't you the one that just told the government to kiss kiss your ass?" And it's like, "Yeah, Black Widow, you totally were the one that said kiss our ass." Like you, you wiki leaked the hell out of Shield. Yeah, like you, you released documents that were, you, like you didn't redact anything. So I mean, like even <laughs> everyone's name is out there. There's no secrets. <clears throat> it seems a bit. A bit far-fetched to have you go, you know who we should listen to? The UN. <clears throat> but again, I, yeah. think, I think that uh, with the exception of maybe Ant-Man, but then again, you have to take into account the one-shots and the advertising where he clearly doesn't like Tony Stark, regardless of the fact. Right. Like, he doesn't like Tony Stark. He's not a big Stark fan. So if you take all that into account, you knew already that he wasn't a Stark fan. And so him joining up on Captain's side makes sense in terms of, okay, he's he's starstruck. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly a fanboy. I mean, in, in the best of ways. Just when he, when he hands 
Captain America the shield. It goes, your shield, Captain America. <laughs> you're like, okay. He, he recognized that this was his one shot for that, and he took it. He and took. I'm, he goes, I'm I have to have the hero it. line. I have the hero right. line. I have to sound <laughs> just like I popped out of like a cartoon in the 50s. It, it's got to sound perfect. And it did. Nailed it. It really did. It really, I don't know. That movie just knocked out of the park in terms of like how they handle um, the repercussions of collateral damage, the the idea that superheroes turn against each other. Ooh, excuse me. They turn against each other and for what reasons. And the fact that at the end of the day, like, there was an understanding. It's not like they hate each other and, oh, fuck Captain America. Oh, fuck Iron Man. Fuck Tony Stark. Fuck Steve Rogers. Like, at the and very, it's also not just like a wholesale, like, oh, no, we're fine now. It, yeah, it's also like, kind of yeah, like we, we have our differences. We fuck out of each other for two and a half hours, but we're cool now. We're, we're besties again. Yeah, and that's what I said while you were disconnected. Is like I'm glad that they didn't resolve it that way because that was my concern was it was going to be they have a spat and then like, well, everyone's fine again. And I, I just wasn't down to have that happen. And they didn't. And they didn't do that. Yeah. The fact that it ends with like, I know we have our differences and you believe what, and you are fighting for what you believe in and that's all we can do. I was like brilliant like that's straight from the comics that's straight from the comics as long as you're believing in what you're doing keep doing it yeah and also like when something big and like world ending comes around i'm not gonna hold it against you like we'll be able to put it aside which is convenient since there's you know probably something world breaking coming hey 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 spoilers Spoilers for movies that haven't come out yet and don't even have their official titles. I mean, they do kind of, don't they? No, they just just came out and said that uh, Infinity War Part 1 and 2 is not the official title. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I'm glad for that, actually. Um, I think think doing Part 1s and Part 2s of movies... Years apart makes makes it really bad, I think, if you do them years apart. I think the fact that they did Civil War, The Winter Soldier, the way that they're naming them as like individual installations, I think I'd be okay with in the, in the interim. Like, I don't know what they'd call the first part, like, uh, doom's end or blah, 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 blah. Or wasn't the, the infinity war thing in like three parts anyway. So you could probably use two of the three parts, whatever names they had. They had like, it was like infinity gauntlet and something else. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like you name it something like, Oh, it's infinity gauntlet. And then you have, uh, uh, doomsday. Like you just call it doomsday or, uh, I don't know. Call it the death of Captain America. See what happens. Let people know <laughs> at a time what's going to happen. What brings everyone together. But again, it's just, it sets up an interesting, idea because phase three has so many disjointed properties guardians of the galaxy 2 has nothing to do with what just happened in in civil war doctor strange has nothing to do with just happened in civil war black panther has a little bit but we're gonna see where that goes that's what makes that's it raised questions that i'm like wait so then what the hell are they gonna talk about and i want to watch it so much more but then again like we we didn't really know how much the the phase one movies connected until I mean we're still not entirely sure. I would say phase one still not really. They were brought together at the end. I mean that's kind of just what happened. 
Right, but like having like having both the the Tesseract and and Loki staff be Infinity Gems, and and that's only just starting to kind of resolve itself. I mean, we don't know how connected the movies are in the first place, much less how they'll continue to be connected going forward. I don't know. I'm just they they're doing a really good job of either. No, I, I know. You, I'm, just, I'm just saying they're not they're not direct continuations off of Civil War. Is what right. I'm saying. Like they are right, yeah. their own property that you can watch alone, and then at the same time also incorporate it into the entire MCU, and it would still work. Right. And, and yeah, that, I, that, I get you. That's what I'm saying. Like in terms of like Doctor Strange, you could watch just Doctor Strange without having to watch the twelve previous movies and understand what's going on. Like you just you could, you just can. Like it's really it's I don't know it's crazy to me. Um, how they're incorporating magic now. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 2, just like Guardians of the Galaxy 1, the only connection is the Collector and Infinity Gems. That's yeah. it. That's it. There's not really much else you can uh, attribute to the rest of the MCU for now, until for they now. make their way over. But that that's what makes it interesting to me. And I think... That they're, they, I don't know, they're just doing a brilliant job. Like, the fact that the Russo brothers could knock it out of the park this much twice is astounding to me. Yeah. Um, I, especially the way that they ended Civil War. Um, not just the way they resolved the conflict between Cap and Iron Man, but also the way they they kind of baited and switched us like I was expecting them to go with the typical oh okay now we have a bunch of bad guys we have to fight so let's put our differences aside and never talk about them again and then we enter the Siberian bunker and nope they're all dead but I didn't actually want them to fight you I just wanted you here no I, I loved was, what he said I loved what he said though his that one line that Zemo said was I couldn't have more of you running around right like you do you guys as a unit, do so much more. I couldn't have more of you assholes running around. Right. You're the problem. Yeah, you're the problem. More the solution is not to <laughs> make more of you. And I don't know. Yeah, no. It's... Really well done. The entire Zemo character was really well done, I thought. I mean, again, the one complaint that I understand is how does one guy in the course of a year set all that up? And then, like, understand how the UN's going to respond. Understand how the characters are going to react. Like, that, that's a lot of planning. That's a lot of thought. I mean, it did at least go into some detail about how he was special forces and whatnot. Like, if anybody's going to be able to pull it off, it'd be somebody who is special forces. I mean, I guess. Like, if, if the only issue there is with the plot is not that it couldn't happen, but that it's unlikely, I'm fine with it. You know what? That's the thing. Okay, so... Uh... I saw an amazing picture that, like, I don't, I don't use the word triggered like, like, unironically, often, but I saw a picture that triggered me, in the sense that it was a picture of Zack Snyder, and it says, "Oh, Civil War comes out and and deals with the the, the collateral damage of eight movies, and everyone praises it for being serious, but I but Batman v Superman comes out." And talks about the collateral damage of one movie, and it's and it's criticized for being too serious. And I was just like, right. "That's not the criticism. The criticism yeah, it, is not the seriousness. It's a bad movie." 
Yeah, it's that it, it. I don't even think it's serious. Like that's the thing. I I didn't feel that the. I I didn't feel that collateral damage was really given the gravitas it deserves in Batman vs Superman, especially not compared to Civil War. Like having seen it done right, I I can more easily identify how Batman vs Superman did it wrong. And I think I think it sucks to DC's uh, uh, side in the terms of they released Man of Steel next to Winter Soldier. And then they released yeah. Batman v Superman next to Civil War. Like maybe the they fa- should take a year off. The fact that Captain America movies can outshine you, like again, this character who was big in the forties, fifties, and sixties, kind of dropped off since then, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like the fact that they took this gamble on this World War II hero, and it's paid off so much that it beats Batman and Superman movies. Yeah. Like, oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Like, Winter Soldier is one of the greatest comic book movies, I think, to come out of the MCU. And then they release... uh, They release Man of Steel, and you're just like, oh, that was disappointing. Man of Steel, which is not the worst Superman movie ever. It's not Superman 4, but I mean... It's, It's not the worst, but it's a very low bar. It's a very low bar. Superman 4 is like at least trying in a sense, I guess you could say. Like Man of Steel was like, they didn't give a crap about the collateral damage. And then what comes up literally right after it, Winter Soldier, where you have Nick Fury, you have War Machine. They're trying to contain the threat. They're trying to stop the destruction. They're trying to save the civilians. Like So much of that movie is just actively saving people that... In contrast to Man of Steel, you're just like, wow. Well, and and it fit the time so well too because it was you know right during the WikiLeaks stuff. It's right during the Bradley Manning stuff. I mean, it 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 hit home. Like they they managed to do superhero stories in a very timely and topical manner, which is not something that's historically always been done. Yeah, it, I mean, it, Man it of could be Man hard to humanize talk- superhumans. Superman four talking about nuclear weapons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> DB uh, is like, yeah, fuck Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, it, it's, good comment. It's what makes uh, Superman doesn't care about humans. Okay, okay. Uh, Easy, Kanye. Kanye, relax. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. So at the end of Man of Steel. He grabs a satellite and just crashes it and says, you can't spy on me. Like, I'll do what I want. And then he's mad at Batman. Again, out of what? Like, why are you mad at Batman? Like, why? I don't, right. under- I don't understand you. You destroyed government property unapologetically. You destroyed a Wayne Tech satellite. Yeah, like, un- unapologetically. It, unapologetic. it was clearly used for telecommunications because Batman's cell phone stops working. Right after he destroys the satellite in Batman vs Superman, so you just disconnected people's ability to communicate. In a probably tragedy, a large number of people, if I had to guess. In a tragedy, and somehow sense. you're the good guy. And, and that's what like I'm you saying. just you like... just murdered people. Somebody's gonna die because they can't call nine one one now. <laughs> probably a lot of people since you just blew up half the fucking city. So, like, yeah, Superman, you're all, like, you know, a good person and all, except for the 40 people you just condemned to die. 40? Just 40? I, I, I'm shooting real low. Because I feel like 
40 would make you like the most notorious serial killer in American history. Uh, 41. If the Virginia, uh, okay. Tech, the Virginia Tech shooting. Was okay, there you go. We'll, we'll go, f- you know, yeah, there you go. So, like, I mean, that's a large number of people. Like, it doesn't sound like a lot because we're used to, like, a lot of people dying in, in movies and whatnot. But, like, 40 people dying because you took out a satellite would be plenty. And probably a low estimate. I mean, that's what made me pissed off whenever they showed the uh, the newspaper clipping where it says dozens killed. Really, dozens? How did you see the destruction of the city? Like, I can show you that end shot where they kiss, and it's like the end of uh, Fight Club. Like, buildings are gone. <laughs> Just gone. Right. Like, there's no way. At least in Fight Club, they said it was after hours, no one's there, it's before work. Like, okay. And yet, still, you probably killed a dozen people. You had to have. I mean, there's no way. And and that's not even to think about the fallout years later. Like, they're talking now about all the asbestos that's in, that was in the air after 9-11. Like, those people won't be affected by it until, like, the 2050s. Oh, very, oh exactly. It's kind of like... And that, that's where I think the, the entire argument that, uh, oh, you just couldn't handle the fact that it was serious. Like, it's not serious. Yeah, it wasn't serious at all. It seems like a, a child's version of what serious is. And and the like, fact the fact that they kind of had to uh, backpedal to make to make it seem like oh shit, people died, but but the, but he saved the world. He could, like billions could have died. It's like, well, I mean the whole the whole the whole plot of uh, Man of Steel could have been fixed easily. And I I, I thought of it. The second that I got out of the theater, okay, you want a new pa- you, you know, the whole, their whole, um, hey, thanks, litter litterbug Rob, uh, the whole thing is they want a new planet. They wanted the Codex so they could re- restart Krypton. You know what? You know what else works because they have spacesuits and uh, environment suits and stuff like that to to help themselves with. You literally just. If I was Superman, I'd be like, oh, um, well, this planet's taken, but there's one one planet over called Mars. It's dead. If you want to completely terraform that one, that's actually not bad. Yeah, like crazy idea. Let's just move this thing to a different planet. It's still in the habitable zone. It's still, you know, like. Hell, take it to the moon. Have the whole thing. It'll well, I mean, be fun. We can wave to they, each other. The whole thing is they wanted to change the gravity of it, and it's kind of like, I don't think that's how you know physics works. But I thought I thought the gravity thing was just to like. No, they were well, comp- they were compressing the size of the planet. That was the whole idea. They wanted to compress. The is size that what of the it planet was? I don't think it made enough sense for me to latch on to what the plot was. But that's even my point. Is that that doesn't make any fucking sense? Like you're the whole reason why. Earth makes Superman able to fly and et cetera, et cetera, is because gravity's weaker, the sun makes him stronger. So even if the sun wasn't there, he'd still be much stronger because his body is built for a hundred times more gravity. Right. So now I'm not saying this excuses it. This is, you know, the same series of movies that turning the Earth's, you know, rotation backwards makes you travel through time comes it's from. Not, it's, exactly. It's not the same. It's not the same. They're, they're just not, they, they haven't been known for their scientific accuracy. I'll put it that way. But yes, but this isn't this, this is the movie that wants to be it realistic. When you have the, the Richard Donner Superman where it's all crazy fun and, and whatever, 
okay, I'll give you that lapse in lapse in judgment of reality and whatever, but you start talking to me like this is Superman if he was real, he wouldn't wear underpants on the outside because that wouldn't be real. Then I'm gonna start questioning your idea of real, because there's no way in hell that you're gonna sit there and tell me that you can't simply like explain away some of these things that are just just make no sense. They make no sense. It's not it's not right. I just I don't know. Do we ever do we need a super realistic gritty Superman? Was that necessary? We 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 didn't need Superman to be that. Like that, it, it was okay for a standalone Batman series to do that. Like that makes sense. Gritty and dark is what Batman is. But I mean, we don't need that for the Justice League or for Superman or for anybody else really. You see. Again, it's it's what makes setting up the next set of the Marvel movies so interesting is that I can see someone getting, you know, serious and dark and angry. And I can also see someone getting, you know, playful and okay. You know, like like Ant-Man and Spider-Man doing their quips. I can see the, where Iron Man can go dark in his reflections and then Civil War is his low point. Right, because if you don't have a well-balanced character, the the peaks and valleys aren't there. Like, what makes Stark's darkness when you know facing Bucky there at the end so dark is that we see him not be dark. We see him lose his cool. Like, yeah, we a- see a, a transition. It's not just an angry person who maintains their anger. This is a person who's normally joking around, you know, cutting up. I mean, joking in any situation, and now he's. Kind of not not okay. He's actively trying to kill the person who killed his parents. And, like, you know that he has parent parental issues ever since the first one. Like, since for eight yeah. years, we've known about his parental issues. And, like, oh, right. yeah, well, dad was never there for me. Iron Man 2 was all like, oh, good old dad. And then, like, oh, dad, you showed me up again. And all this- Even Captain America, you know, makes mention of, of you know... I mean, we see Howard as a younger person. We see him be very similar to Tony, so we, you know, have a, more of an insight there. I mean, half the MCU, MCU movies talk about, you know, the the Stark boys, in some way or another. Oh yeah, even again, Captain America too. Oh well, Stark had an up close look at our turbines and upgraded our shit. Like, cool. You can mention him, even when he's not there. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing inclusion. I think. Uh, that, that's what's working so well for the MCU movies too. Is that you know you can reference each other. We can see characters in other media. We can have, we can have a TV show that can now talk about actual superheroes when they make jokes offhandedly. And now that Disney owns everything, you know, even our comic book movies can talk about you know Star Wars movies and. You know and what? That was actually a nice little. Inclusion. It's great. Yeah. It feels very real that way. And it can only happen because Disney's acquired everything. But I'm, you know, kind of, kind of okay with it at this point. The way things are going. You're disappointed. No, I'm, I'm okay with oh, Disney. Oh, everything. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, where I think that media giants have their own issues, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like if that didn't happen in this particular instance we couldn't have some of the realistic moments that have been 
like again having Pinocchio in Age of Ultron, like the yeah. whole ain't got no strings on me. Like oh, dark as shit. What a great trailer. Well, it, um, it it really it it makes it feel organic because those are real things. Like we reference real things all the time in real life, obviously. So having our media do the same thing makes it feel more legitimate. Yeah, it, it's always so awkward when they try not to to you know mention actual things or whatever because you know this feels I don't know feels weird it doesn't sound right in your head when you hear it feels bad man feels bad feels bad <laughs> I I just think that it opens up the universe to a lot and I think that now that we've seen um, we've seen Disney do good games in the past like especially with things like Kingdom Hearts and this and that. I think that if we can get the spirit of Spider-Man 2 on the Dreamcast again, <laughs> just, just give me my web-slinging and have it feel good. Like, give me a game that I will play for days just to web-swing. Like, I don't even have to do the quests. Just give me a, a, some buildings, a web, like some bad guys to punch every now and then. And you've given me the best game ever. It's, it's part of the reason why I liked uh, DC Universe Online, because I could basically just be Batman. Right. And be it just strikes me as odd that we don't have any kind of games really capitalizing well off the MCU, you know, craze. I hadn't really thought about that, but you know, we haven't had like a big blockbuster game come out utilizing the Marvel characters. Well, I think with with the way with how quick and how secretive you have to have movies, I think they'd be too tempted to insert like, well, this is what's coming up. Like they 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 spoiled Giant Man and Funko Pops. You know? Lego too, and Lego. Uh, yeah, DB just mentioned Lego Marvel. Like, okay, the, the, yeah, yeah. But the, but those aren't like I don't consider those serious on the same level that you know a triple A AAA title would be. You know, we've seen like you know Ar- the Arkham games have been you know great for for batman and dc there let's we haven't be, had anything similar to that let's be real though and let's be real for a second lego is switzerland lego is very right. much switzerland they will play both sides they have batman in their movie they have lego batman in their, they're making a lego batman movie they've made a lego justice league kind of thing they, they have a lot of dc oriented stuff and marvel oriented stuff they have indiana jones they have star wars like again they're they don't care because they just want the licensing rights to make Legos of it. Like it's definitely not. It's definitely not a. Um, a uh, an argument of oh well, Lego needs to be doing games for them. No, they'll do games of anything if it sells. So they can make a joke out of it. Sure, I just I would like to see some kind of you know. Triple A game come out. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I would lo- I would love a proper game to be made. I would love a proper game to be made. Again, give me another Spider Man. Give me a Spider-Man I can love to feel in the like my controller in my hands, like again. Yeah, I mean, do do a Crackdown style game and have all of the characters available. It just there you go. Let us choose which which Marvel character we want to you know try and solve all of whatever town's issues with and and do it that way. That would be awesome. Well, I mean, okay, so here here's here's where I think that they. Ooh, excuse me. They definitely fuck up. Is that it could definitely go much better than expected if they knew how to not incorporate uh, the MMO mindset. If again, I'll, I'll cite 
Knights of the Old Republic versus Star Wars The Old Republic. They couldn't just make Knights of the Old Republic 3, which would have been perfect, and then released expansions for Knights of the Old Republic 3 and continued some sort of story where you play by yourself. No. It had to be a grind. It had to be an MMO because we had to keep you paying a subscription. And then what happens? It just wasn't popular. It goes free to play. And it's like, yeah, that's what happens. It's what happens all the time. You have to... Like, if The Witcher series, if Uncharted, and all these standalone games that have just proven time and time again that the thought process that a single player campaign doesn't sell goes away, like, we're not going to get other properties using that same tactic to actually produce good games. Yeah, well, and, and I think the market's showing that people really do care about really solid single-player campaigns. I mean... The the biggest you know games that are coming out now have either only single player or very heavily single player stuff. You know, Witcher Three has been huge and it's you know, single player. Fallout Four, you know, you're playing that multiplayer, you're getting that out of the way. You start to wait. You go either way. I think that's I think that's the mindset you have to go in. Are you going to make a single player campaign, story driven game, or are you going to make a multiplayer game where the entire focus is that? You can't sit there and jerk off both. It's not for it's not right. Overwatch, right? Uh, Rocket League, uh, things like that are extremely focused on their multiplayer, and that's yeah. all it is. Like their their backstory and everything else, is something you can look up to. They have great cinematics, but what you're really doing is playing that multiplayer. You're getting that out of the way. You start to say, okay, you know, we need, we need a campaign. That means we have to design levels for each individual person's play style. And blah, blah. Like, no, 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 you're already getting too convoluted. You're taking too, many, too much time and resources to do all of the other bullshit that is not important. Like, you need to sit there and go, we're going to make a story-driven game, and we're going to put all of our resources into that. Like, Whatever. Multiplayer, at most, co-op. Come on now. Like, let's leave it at that. Like, you don't need to sit there and be like, we need a versus mode and this and that. Like, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. And, and Bioware is one of the worst at doing that. Um, just trying to put some sort of multiplayer in anything they touch. And it, it just never works out very well. Huh. Ma- Mass Effect 3 had decent multiplayer. Did it, though? But it, it was decent. I, I enjoyed it. It just didn't have a lot to it. And yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't think Dragon Age... I never played Dragon Age Inquisition's multiplayer. I just never cared. Because the story is important. The stories will get right. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, that's what I'm I, saying. I, re- I really don't give a shit about multiplayer for those games. Like, I, I play those games for the story. I don't even care about the combat for the most part. Like, I, I, I do the combat because it's what happens in between story elements. And, and, and that's where I think that... Uh, it's it's a, it's an issue for uh, major game developers. They get a lot of flack for oh the story was kind of crap blah blah blah, and it's like well, what do you want? Like that's and that's the one thing I, I I hate the fact that Titanfall didn't do as well, is the fact that they at least said hey we were doing purely multiplayer so deal with it and people were like well we want a story too and it's like why. So you can go through it in five hours and then head straight into the multiplayer anyway? Like, come on. Like, Yeah. Like, I, I was thinking about it because I, I played a lot of Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, and I'm, I was sitting here thinking, like, why why did I do that? And it, it finally hit me. The reason why I played that so much is because all of my friends had it because we all wanted to play the campaigns. It's one of the few games that, like, 
all of my circle of friends all had, even though we all played different types of games. You know, I, I play more multiplayer games than anybody besides you that I play with on a regular basis. Oh, that thing's played. Uh, yeah. And and I, I like sports games, and I like shooters, and not all of my friends do. But we all like Bioware RPGs, so we all had that one already. It wasn't that the multiplayer was good, it's just that we all had it. That's why I played it. <laughs> I mean, Which is not, not, not a, a rousing endorsement for Bioware multiplayer. It happened to be there. It's not a rousing, <laughs> not a rousing endorsement. <laughs> Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, you already have the game. <laughs> That's like the best thing. You, if you already have it, might as well play it. I mean, it's there. You've already paid for it. Get the full enjoyment. Uh, and again, that's what I do. I, I played so much Overwatch. It's it makes me. I can't wait for the game to come out. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not sitting there, man. I can't wait to see what the story entails. Like, no, no, no. What I want to see is how uh, this person, this sort of team matchup, match already. Like, look, play that game. Play that game for hours. Figure out the web swinging physics. Isn't it kind of um? What was it? Just Cause Three. Like they figured out. Hey, the yeah. story's there. But you want to fuck around? Let's continue to add more fuck about stuff. Let's add vehicles, different ways to trans uh, to fly around and do stupid shit. Like they figured it out. Yeah, Just Cause is the closest I think we've ever had to a Spider-Man game. Like a good one. The the. I don't even know what that thing was called. They figured out, hey, the yeah. story's there, but you want to fuck around. Let's continue to add more fuck about stuff. Let's add vehicles, different ways to trans uh, to fly around and do stupid shit. Like they figured it out. Yeah, Just Cause is the closest I think we've ever had to a Spider-Man game. Like a good one. The the I don't even know what that thing was called. The the zip line, rip line, something line. The the shooty, extendy, ropey thing. That thing. Yeah, I mean that's that's web slinging. That's basically all it is. And I did that shit for hours. I I'm sure it had a story. I don't really remember any of it. I mean the story is there, but I mean you don't I know remember how to... doing stupid shit with the the web slinger thing for hours though, like attaching everything to everything, hijacking planes and driving them into other planes and just all sorts of crazy shit. Like that's that's all I did. And, and I don't again, even know if I ever finished the story. It, it, but it was still a fun game. That's all you needed, right? Yeah, you had fun. Oh, it was blast. It. S- same with Grand Theft Auto. Like, if anybody did both well, it's Grand Theft Auto Five. Like, the the story is is really really well done. The multiplayer is incredibly well done. Like, but what they did was they made the same game for both. They just made a really good game with a, a very minimal story, and then made that same game multiplayer. They didn't change anything to it. That's the only way it can really work if you're going to do both is by not having to focus on separation. Make the same thing twice. Right, right. It, it's definitely just a a strange feeling to see games be released and they're just complete garbage. Like, I forgot what that, uh, that one Spider-Man game, Dimensions, I think it was called? What was it called? The one that had uh, all the different versions of Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man 2099. You had Noir Spider-Man. You had regular Spider-Man. And Miles Morales Spider-Man. And uh, it wasn't good. Like, it just wasn't good because it didn't feel good. Like, is that, is that, if that's a, a criticism I think I could, I could follow along, it just didn't feel good. 
Yeah. Because I think that that's the thing with Spider-Man games. It has to feel like you're Spider-Man. Like, if you just feel like, oh, um, seeing someone swing from a building is not exactly Spider-Man. You have to feel it. Be, like, I don't know. The physics have to feel right. And it didn't, apparently. Uh, and you get, actually have to hire a writer. And not have to be the same, like, three quips the entire game. You can't right. be like, oh, you missed me. Like, oh, you need to be quicker than that. Like, oh, God. Like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> He's annoying because of how much he talks, not because of what he says. And exactly. He has to talk a lot of different things, not the fact that he repeats it ad nauseum. That's what Civil War did so well. It felt like they, they wrote out the requisite number of lines for him to, to have, like, a normal amount of dialogue and then added, like, twice as many like, however many lines of dialogue he should have had, they just doubled it. And that's why it worked out so well. Like, he felt like a sort of annoying but well-intentioned kid talking too much in a situation he's unfamiliar with. But it felt like. And, and that was a criticism that I think I thought was really like, really, really dumb. It was really a really dumb uh, criticism. They said, like, oh, well, Spider-Man talked too much. That's, that's the point. The point. <laughs> that, that's exactly what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to talk too much. He's fucking seventeen or whatever he is in this one. Like, not even his age. It's like, that's Spider Man. Like he is inappropriately talking because of the fact that that's kind of his abilities. Like it amplified who he was, and he says it himself. All the senses are up to eleven. So it's not like the fight itself is hard. So it's kind of like he's doing he's still in the doing the motions and doing what you know as the most that physics can do for him and at the same time he's kind of like oh my god I'm such a huge fan I'm sorry that I had to do this like you're like right. it's so cool that you're right here it's like what Ant-Man did except for he can do it while fighting like, Right Ant-Man can quip in between the fighting very well very very well but Spider-Man can do it while fighting much better, I feel like the fact that he starts. Uh, uh, the fact that it ended with like, anybody got any orange slices? Like, <laughs> like just just little lines like that. Perfect. Just pepper those out throughout the entire fucking movie. I am. Sold. Well, it just it manifests differently when it's Ant Man doing it. You kind of get the the feel that it's just kind of a, a reflex for him. Like it's it's how he deals with situations where he's not you know comfortable or happy or whatever. Whereas for for Parker for Spider Man like it just feels like that's his reaction to everything, like he really is kind of he is just kind of fascinated by things and when he sees a metal arm he doesn't think through it he's just like holy shit that's a metal arm that's that's neat that was cool you have a metal arm yeah like and that was it that was like the the extent of what his yeah he's not thinking things went. through he's just saying whatever is coming to mind. And again, that's Hence why he refers to you know Empire Strikes Back as hey that old movie. <laughs> you, you guys know that one. You know that old movie. It's all like you mean the classic. <laughs> <laughs> like how dare you, sir? It's not just old. It's a classic. And uh, it, it's I don't know. It it was just done so well. Like I I wish I had more to say negatively about it. It's just that it's so well put together. It told its own story well enough. It it touched on previous stories well enough. It teased future stories well enough. I mean, again, the only thing is kind of like, why is Ant-Man there? Maybe. But even then, it makes sense why he would be on the side that he's on. 
Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, it's kind of one of those things where you just, you accept it. Like, okay, uh, Hawkeye was bringing uh, Scarlet Witch anyway, so picking up Ant-Man along the way. Well, and I mean, we don't even know if Ant-Man's really, you know, invested in the actual cause, I don't think. I don't remember them, like, going into that much. But, I mean, it's Ant-Man. Like, if if Captain America comes calling, he's just going to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Like, unless you knew everything, which I think is also another thing in the comic is that, like, Spider-Man just kind of... Iron Man gets to him first, and that's why he's on his side. And then once Captain America's kind of like, hey, I know you think you're right, but here's 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 the full story of what I think. And then he's like, oh, and then he switches sides. And he's like, oh... All right then, okay. Like that makes yeah. sense. That makes a lot context of sense. Context makes uh, you know a huge difference. Yeah, like he got he got the context that he didn't have before of the full story. Like he he got he got wrapped up in what Tony was saying and like people are dying, and it's like oh he's right, people are dying. Yeah, because we just kind of made an evil clone of Thor kill a bunch of people. That was kind of our fault. Whoops. My bad. Our bad. Yeah, whoops, sorry about that. We probably shouldn't have let evil clone Thor get out. But... Comics are weird. Either way, like, it's just, like, I'm, I'm super excited for what's what's to come. Me too. I'm but, I'm really excited about a Black Panther movie. Like, I, I've never read anything Black Panther specifically before, but, like, I've known about the character... And let's be real. The though. portrayal in the movie was great. Let's be real. It's nice to have a uh, black superhero character who is not a sidekick. Because I thought it was weird. You have Iron Man, Captain America, and then you have Falcon and War Machine. And there he goes again. Jesus Christ, Nick. Your phone, I mean, your your computer needs to not explode every two seconds. But anyway, yeah, it'd be nice to not have, it's, it's I mean, even though he's technically, he's African and such, but he's still a black hero who is not a sidekick. And that's, that's it's brilliant. That's brilliant. Like, ugh. representation has become such a a buzzword, uh, especially after the Doctor Strange trailer came out. Okay, Blade. Okay, DB. Okay, DB, Blade. But uh, Blade definitely falls into its own category. Yeah, it was before the MCU, so it falls into its own category of Marvel. If you watch the movies, and I have watched the movies quite a bit, I've watched Blade a lot. Uh, Blade, nowhere in the movie does it show Marvel. Like, I didn't see Marvel's logo the same way that it was plastered everywhere. It didn't say Marvel's Blade or produced by Marvel. Like, it's like a footnote in the credits saying, oh, by the way, it was originally a Marvel comic. Like, they just said, badass vampire movie with this black guy. You know Wesley Snipes. He's been an action star for like a decade. You want to watch this. He's got guns. He's got swords. He's he's fighting vampires. You're in for the ride. I'm in for the ride. Buy your tickets. And it did very well to make three movies. And it's like, damn, 
that's awesome. But then you go into the MCU, you have Iron Man, who has Rhodes. And again, that's understandable. Rhodes, Rhodes as a character, Colonel Rhodes as a character, is a strong character. He's successful in the military. He's high-ranking officer. He then becomes War Machine. Like, he's a very strong character in his own right. But in the context of Civil War, he was definitely sidekick. So, I mean, like, I would have liked the War Machine movie before they crippled him. But, you know, whatever. And then you have uh, Captain America's side where you have the Falcon. And the Falcon, again, a strong character in his own right. And they did a very well job in the Winter Soldier introducing him. He, he comes back, you know, the whole PTSD thing. He lost a friend, uh, a, a, a man-at-arms kind of thing. Like, these are men, brothers-in-arms. He lost one of his, uh, his, his wingman, whatever. And he handles VA meetings with people dealing with PTSD of varying levels. And, like, that is such a strong and, like, empowering character, I think. The fact that he, he ha- he's not per- a perfect person. And he is so thoughtful and helpful to be like, yeah, we all bring a little bit of that war home with us. It doesn't just stay over there. And that's what most people don't understand. And it's kind of like that sort of thing is, like, so good. It's so strong. And then, of course, Captain America needs his help. And he's like, I'm in. I am in. And it's like, yeah, I understand that. I understand that completely. But then, in the context of Civil War, the people that start shooting at you usually start shooting at me. It's like, oh, okay, you're sidekick again. Like, damn, like, I didn't want you to be sidekick. I want you to be Falcon, your own fucking guy sometimes. And it's like, okay, I, I just want I just want more strong characters. And then you have Black Panther, who was this prince, T'Challa. His, T'Chaka, his father, died, and now he's taking over. He doesn't have the same ideals as his father, and then here he comes being like, he's the ruler of his own country. He is his own superhero. He's not anyone's sidekick. He has his own beliefs, his own like moral code of how to uphold things. And he is just a strong black man up on screen, just like, yes, that. But he's also flawed. Again, he, he had that whole flaw of him being revenge-driven and like, you killed my father. Fucking brilliant. Like, that's a well-written character. Like, no matter what, that's a very well-written character. In much the same way Blade was. The ending of Blade, the first movie, like you mentioned the first movie, DB. The ending of the first movie did not have him and What's-Her-Face end up being romantically linked. Thank fucking God. You know how often that trope is? Like, oh, we just went through a lot of trauma together. We're going to start kissing and making out now. No, at the end of the movie, it's like, the battle's not over. And she's, he's like, well, what do you want me to do? You need to make a better serum. Because we're going to keep fighting. And then it cuts to him being in Moscow. Starting to fight another motherfucker. Starting to fight another vampire. And it's like, boom. Cut to credits. Boom. Like, whoa. Just mind blown. Like, they they didn't end up romantically together. It was a professional, strictly platonic. uh, Except for the the one moment where you're bitter. But the fact that... They didn't end up that trope. He's a strong character. She was a strong character. Like she was a smart, brilliant character who came up with this thing, who came up with the uh, the serum. Like it is just, 
They didn't need to include, oh, and they love each other too. And it's like, no, no, you don't need that shit. If they have all the sidekicks be their own thing too, too many storylines wouldn't be finished. But here's the thing. They don't have to finish storylines. I mean, you, I understand relegating some people to certain roles. But, I mean, that's where you see things like uh, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming to be a thing. And that's not going to be too, too many storylines. Ant-Man and the Wasp, you're going to give Wasp her, her time in the, in the fucking movie spotlight. And then when it times to bring her into the fold for whatever the next Avengers movie is, they're going to be like, who's that? She's with me. Okay. Like, that's, and that's all that you need. You don't need to sit there and, like, have Wasp have her own movie and her own sequel. Like, no. Have her incorporated, but she needs to stand on her own. The Falcon in Civil War, War Machine in Civil War, both were relegated to sidekick roles to the the main story. Which is fine, because I like how they did Bucky and Falcon, the whole old friend, new friend thing. Like... I've been in that situation before, you know, like, oh my god, the childhood friend is here, what's up, oh my god, you're the best, and you're the new friend who met him, like, two years ago at work or something, and you're just kind of like, what, oh, cool, yeah, hey, what's, what's up, how's it going, and it's like, oh, you know how it's going, low-key, I wanted Blade to smash that chick from the first movie, no, I didn't, you couldn't want that, how could you want that? How could you want that? You need to have the, um, the the romantic lead not happen. You just don't need to happen. Like, I want movies where you have a ma- male and a female character in a situation where it doesn't lead to them having sex or getting together. Like, it doesn't need to happen. It's just, it's just unnecessary. Nick, are you back? And you're quiet as hell again. What happened? One second. Fixing it. Fixed. Welcome back. We were talking about... I was talking about strong black characters, and that's why I'm That's why I'm excited about Black Panther, that he's not a sidekick. He's rule over his own country. He's his own thing. And uh, DB mentioned Blade, and I was like, well, you know, Blade's not part of the MCU. That's the whole thing. It's like, right now, I want to see what the current iteration of movies is, because uh, Blade didn't even show... The, the, the Marvel didn't show their logo on Blade anywhere. Yeah, I... I... Growing up, I didn't even know that Blade was a Marvel character. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know he, he came from the comics. But it's one of those things where I want to see... It's kind of like the whole... I was talking about representation. You know how we talked about that before? Uh, right. Representation being a, a big key thing and seeing Black Panther be a leader of a country, his own superhero, not a sidekick, and have his own problems and his own strengths and weaknesses to deal with, the fact that he overcame that revenge. That's a character I want them to relate to. Yeah. Anyone to relate to, like I can relate. Well, and to I that. mean, and and it's unfortunate that we have you know the that the other two black men that have been involved in the MCU so far do kind of almost come across as sidekicky because they're they're both portrayed pretty well too. Like they they have their their moments in the sun and they have fleshed out characteristics and they don't always just agree with their their you know main hero counterpart like I, I i like the way that both uh falcon and um and Rhodey are, are done but but yeah i agree like i'm i'm really excited to see what they do with black panther and i'm excited to see what they do with luke cage when they finally get him a solo show 
Um, cause I, I liked his portrayal in Jessica Jones a lot too. Well, and, and that, that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to get at is that not necessarily in their own respective movies that it happened, but in this particular movie in civil war, they did kind of get relegated to that sidekicky role. And it's, like, I mean, eh. like I get, it makes sense. Cause you have to focus on the main story. I get that a hundred percent, but it just felt weird. Cause like you have it contrasted with, uh, with black Panther who, has zero allegiance really to anybody. He has his own agenda. He's only it's it's only an ally of convenience because yeah. they also want to get to him. And you can help me get to him, then I then then yes, let's do it cuz I'll do it on my own without you. What what I'm going to do, I'm going to do with or without you. If you're going to help me do it, then let's do it. And I I'm just like, "Okay, cool. You have your own motivations." Like that's the whole thing. I understand his motivation. Again, another right. criti- another criticism I had of uh, Batman v Superman of not understanding shit of for right. motivations. I understood Black Black Panther had what like five minutes of screen time. I'm in it all the way behind him why he's doing things. I get it. Yeah, like he 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 loves his dad and he runs a country and then he's dead and now he has to run the country and he misses his dad. Like okay, those well, are all that, very he, relatable things. Yeah, like okay, his dad was assassinated. He wants revenge. Understood. Yeah, I, I totally respect that. I would want revenge too, probably. Blade did have that sensual blood sucking scene. Yes, but it was definitely one of those things where it wasn't a sexual scene unless you kind of took it that way. It was definitely one of those things where, like, it was sensual because it was like, you need to live to keep the fight going, and I'm all you got. I'm all you got. And it just looked real intense, but it wasn't like. Oh, it's because I've fallen in love with you. I can't bite you. It's like, no, he's wrestling his own demons of not wanting to attack humans and not wanting to suck actual blood because of what it could turn him into if he actually gets bloodthirsty. Like, he doesn't want to turn into that. Like, and that's what, that's what I got at least from that scene, that he was, like, succumbing to his more baser desires. And it's, it's something that he was not happy to do. Which is why at the very end, whenever he's just kind of like, well, what do we do now? And he's like, I want you to make a better serum. It's like, cool. I'm even more, I'm more on board now. The fact that you fucking said that shit. Like, I'm, I'm there. Or what did he say? A better vaccine? I don't know. He was taking serum. I don't know. Right. I, 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 it's been such a long time. It came out in the late 90s. Yeah, I really don't remember anything about it. Oh, I remember a lot about it, all right? Except I, I remember how bad the CGI looked then when he goes all, like, blood monstery. Hey, Deacon Frost going blood monster is totally fine in my book, all right? I, I'm sure it's perfectly acceptable, but I remember it looking bad then, so I'm, I'm terrified to see it now. Oh, it has not aged well. <laughs> I didn't figure. <laughs> Whoopsies. Oh, well, it gets a pass. It does get a pass in terms of, like, budget, I guess. Because, again, who's a black male lead, a movie about vampires. It's like, who thought, a uh, rated R, who thought that was going to fucking work? But it did. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. It, it did. It just- I remember it being pretty popular, too, and among non-comic book crowds. Because so. it, was, it wasn't, like hyped up as a comic book movie and that's right. that's the important thing is that it wasn't hyped up that way yeah well it was cool and was, comic books were cool. cool he was wearing leather and this was during the time of the matrix and sunglasses sunglasses Arr. are cool it's the 90s Arr. Arr. 
Look at him! Look at him! Look at him! Throw his his boomerang, and for some reason, it comes back after it chops off three people's heads. I guess physics. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck physics. I mean, they even acknowledged that in Civil War. I mean, they did. I mean, they did. That's what I liked about that—the fact that they did. Yeah, just straight up. Yeah, no, no, no physical rules apply. Dude, your shield follows no rules of physics. It says the kid that somehow stops moving cars, like, in their tracks, even though he has the mass of a, like, high schooler and a nerdy one at that. Are we really going to talk about physics? Really? I mean, we could. You're you're Spider-Man. Spider-Man? You're going to talk shit? (laughs) But he does, and he does it well. So, I think it's, I think we both kind of hit as many nails in the head as possible. This movie's great. See it. Whatever. Um, I think we should talk about the next thing now. The thing that gets me excited now is um, fucking Civilization Six. That's what I was thinking. I was like, what, what was it that yep. we were going to talk about? We've got Civ- a pretty big Civ boner right now. Ugh. You know, I, was, I, was, I had to have this discussion because, um, again, it just got released. It just got announced. Civ 6, showed the trailer. I, I, have you read the features at all? Yes, I have, extensively. Is it not is... amazing? Like, Yeah, like I'm, I'm really excited for it. When 5 first came out, it felt like a huge step backwards. Until um, they, the expansions, let's be real. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, no. I, don't hear me wrong. When it first came out, I thought it was a huge step back. I think now it is, is a fair sequel, and I enjoy playing it more than I enjoy playing 4 at this point. But... It just it removes so much, and I expected so much, being that I played probably like a thousand hours of Civ Four. Like it, it's unreal how much I've played that game. I think the 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 difference I think here is Civ Five was a was a solid base game. It had two great expansions, and then the mod community really took it into their own hands to be like, "Well, we don't like the fact that you removed this, so we're gonna put it back." We don't like that you did. We wanted this to happen, so we put this in. Like they have taken that game and made it their own in terms of making it replayable for so long, and Beyond Earth kind of shit on that. Yeah, I didn't even play Beyond Earth. I never bothered. Really, I've not, never heard not anything good about it. No, I liked it, except for it, there's no way it couldn't grab my attention the same way that uh, four or five got, or even three. Right. It just didn't have the replayability. I think the lack of the real world aspect, too, is off-putting for most people. No, not even that. It's it's the fact that everyone was almost the same. Like, you're all... Okay, you can choose which which country or what what economic block sent you. The Africa block, the whatever block, whatever. But the fact that you're all on the same alien planet... And your your three directions you can go with are like bio, uh, or bio Terran or Mech, and it's like it's really it just wasn't as they weren't inventive, they weren't creative enough in what they were trying to do. Right. They basically took Civ Five, put a space mod on it, and said, "There you go, buddies, enjoy." And it's like. I'm, I've seen more extensive mods than Beyond Earth. Like, honestly. Yeah. 
I, I was shocked to find out that it was a, a standalone game. Like, I thought it was an expansion. And, like, I was I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll probably drop, like, 15, 20 bucks on it. That's fine. And come to find out it's a full $60 game, I'm like, there's no way in hell. Like, as you said, there are mods that are more extensive. There are mods that add more to Civ Five than that entire game seemed to add. Like, why bother? I, I, I can get free shit that's better. Exactly. And I think that was the major uh, failing of Beyond Earth. Because, again, it was fun. I liked playing it. Or I did like playing it. Uh, I liked going like, oh, I'm going to have my guys be like turn into aliens. Cool. Or I'm going to have my guys be fully mechs. Cool. Or I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to be a purist. And that's my religion, the whole purist. Like, you alien scum becoming hybrids with the, with the, the new planet. Like, you must burn in hell. Like, okay, cool. Like, all, all that was interesting. But it wasn't varied enough. Like, it, was, it wasn't like Civ where you had so many different kinds of uh, styles of play from the different uh, civilizations. Right. You had so many, uh, like, ways you could encounter enemies. Like, if you saw someone going uh, mech, you know how they were going to act. If you saw someone going alien hybrid, you knew how they were going to act. You, you saw, like, you had three options. Like yeah, that, rock it. paper scissors. Yeah, it's kind of rock paper scissors. How are you gonna how how are you as whatever you chose going to fight this person? Do you fucking ally ally with them? Do you fight them? Do you like ignore them for a while? Like how how do you play it is based on three different choices, and it's just not as fun as oh shit, I'm playing as Egypt, and here comes Attila. Like what's 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 how, what's the play going to be? Like I have Byzantine on my ass. I got England over here starting shit. Like everyone has their own particular thing, and it's like and Gandhi's in the game, so I know I'm going to get backstabbed and nuked here soon. <laughs> so it's like you can't like any day now. You you can't have that same level of unpredictability and decision making in Beyond Earth, and that's why I'm like yeah. when Civ Six was announced, I was like, yes, thank God. Like, ah, oh, it makes me so happy. It just makes me so happy. Yeah. The thing I'm really excited to see how it plays out for Civ Six um, is the way that they're going to do, I think they called it um, reactive tech trees. Like, the the way science works in, in the games previously is kind of boring. Like, you already know basically how you're going to unfold your tech tree. Like, nobody really deviates from that much. Um yeah, you just you work on how much science you're going to gain per turn. That's what you focus on. And I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out. For those who haven't read anything or whatever, um, they, they've, they've decided that they're going to make the game to where the tech trees will unfold in different ways depending on how you play. The example they gave was that you know if you're a landlocked civilization, you probably won't learn how to do ocean stuff very easily since you're not near an ocean. Like astral navigation will probably be more difficult for you to learn and you know ocean faring vessels will be tougher for you to research that kind of thing and i think that's a great idea it makes perfect sense it might actually make the science portion of the game more interesting as well but i have no idea how that's going to work i mean again it's one of those things where you definitely have to have it in your own hands to test it out yeah yeah the idea that you can The fact that you can kind of combine units now. Yeah. Like, that makes me happy because it's kind of like, okay, I have my siege unit, but then at the same time, now I have this set of infantry that if you attack my siege unit, 
it is just to get destroyed in a second because I have now invested double for this one particular tile. And especially being able to, to you know, protect our settlers a little bit easier. I'm really excited about that. I, you know, because I've lost a ton of settlers to people with just, just the units moving in weird ways, which leaves somebody exposed and then they at just the walk wrong time. Over, and then they just walk over and it's gone. Yeah, it's done. Like, cool, that's what I wanted. Yeah, because you decided to take a different route randomly all of a sudden without warning. So that's that's cool. Super cool. Again, it's just like a lot of the things. And they took away the fact that you could merge units and regain health that way in 5. That bothered me. Oh, yeah, me. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's something that a lot of people don't realize, but it was a major gameplay staple for me. The fact that I would, I would mass produce one unit, and then when I would push... Instead of having one unit just have to die and then move in, I would have my backup units go in and continue the siege. Yeah. And it's like you can't, you couldn't do that again in five, and it really hampered a lot of my invasion tactics that would, that would, used to work. Um, yeah, I I really think that's why the combat got less fun for me was because of how weird it felt in Civ Five. I'm used to it now, but it it felt so different. It slowed it slowed you down at the beginning. I won't lie. Yeah. It slowed me down. I was all like, fuck, I want it to go faster. Like, I want to be able to take over cities and then take over cities without it feeling like it's such a huge loss. Right. Like, losing a city back then was kind of like, ah, fuck you. I'll take it back in a second. Like, right. g- give me give me three turns. I'm on it. But yeah. I'll, I'll like, go through, like, a nice, like, long swath of taking your cities, too, just to fuck with you. Like, and- with, like, seven units, I'll wipe out half a continent. But now it's like, oh shit, like they took a city and now they're gonna sit down and fucking turtle and you can't do shit. And then you take their city and then suddenly the AI cheats again and they have like 17 new units and it's like, you have negative 300 gold. How the fuck are you producing units? Yeah, I've always hated that about Civ's, uh, uh, you know, difficulty is that they never make the computer smarter. They just give them more advantages. Like, it's never, oh, they're going to use, like, more advanced tactics to, like, you know, fuck with me. It's just, no, they're going to be able to build units twice as quick. Like, that's, that is, I don't know, that isn't, it's not interesting to me. It's like playing against a stacked deck. Like, I don't want to play against a stacked deck. I want it to play against another human without having to have somebody, you know, in the room with me. A hot seat is fun, though, I won't lie. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it's fun. It's just I sometimes want to be able to be alone, but play with somebody who's you know, kind of on the same page. Units, what's a what? What about units? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, it's 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 a little annoying to to see that go away. I'm hoping that Civ Six does kind of make that change. If not, hopefully the modding community can move. Because they didn't migrate to Beyond Earth. It fucking no way in hell. They just said, fuck that. Why bother? I mean, I don't know. Right? Like, it just felt like the variety isn't there. Like, I can't sit there and add more of the same three techs. Like, you like it's just, you have three three ways to go. Like, that's really it. You have three ways to go, period. At least that's what it felt like to me. But with Civ, you have so many different civilizations. You can insert your own civilizations, and it makes sense uh, if you balance it right, like it's uh, it's more interesting. It's more interesting. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, in complete overhauls, I mean, it, there's so much that's been done with mods for, for Civilization already. Like, why, why would they go through all the trouble to make it for a game that's just kind of the same? It's, not as, for... it's not as... There's not enough variety. Again, it's just... That is my big problem. Is that it's, there's not enough variety. Yeah. But hey, who am I to... Uh, to argue I guess I don't know what the word is to disagree with uh, these huge developers how dare I question anyone who makes games yeah now did you see the steam listing by any chance for Civ 6 uh no not yet is it something uh, they're they're offering a digital deluxe version which is $20 more than the, the standard retail version mm, and it says it's going to include basically a season pass um, for DLCs that are going to have I can't remember what all they said but it mentioned um, new uh, new civilizations and just kind of generic features but it, it talked about you know map scenarios civilizations and there's four definite packs they're planning on doing four packs? yeah interesting mm-hmm. interesting that is interesting um it sounds like their plan isn't to do any kind of major update then. And that's interesting to me. I mean, that'll, that'll give them the allowance to make, you know, some feature changes, but we won't get another Gods and Kings probably, if that's any indication. You don't think so? You don't think we'll get another Brave New World? It doesn't seem like it. If they're already preparing for DLC and they're already confirming that it's for smaller packs, I mean, if... If they're selling all of the packs combined for, you know, an extra $20, it means they probably value it. 30 to 40 and that's one expansion maybe well so, I, I think it, I think it's one of those things it's to incentivize people to to stick stick with it as opposed to beyond earth they got shit on they're, they're trying to get people to stick with this particular installment and make the move from five because again like I said five is so strong in terms of the mod community to have them yeah. move to six should be like hey we're going to offer it to you for 20 bucks. There will be four different ex- uh, expansions on top of this, which means, I think, balance patches along the way that might be helpful. Oh, sure. Yeah, once, once, once people start trying to break the game, if they can release these four packs and have balance patches, quality of life patches, it will be okay. But it's definitely a, a questionable thing, because I know with The Division... They had the the gold pack was a hundred bucks, so forty dollars more for three packs. That they for three things plus like, not including the quote unquote free updates that they've incorporated, like the incursions, which have uh, gone over so well. And I say that with the biggest sarcasm I can. <laughs> like they've oh it's gone so like they they just started banning. Uh, cheaters and modders and hackers whatever and it's like that's improved things but it hasn't changed the huge problem with the gameplay itself and it's like uh well fuck i guess um but again it's it, six excites me oh, the the unit the way the units play out the way they're gonna be incorporating uh the different gameplay with science the fact that they're gonna the fact that they're changing anything and saying that this is the way to go, I, I'm, I'll, I'll shell out the extra twenty dollars, 
because that was the one thing that got me with Civ Five was like, oh, you have to buy Gods and Kings and Brave New World, and it's like, ah, damn it. Right. I didn't even buy Civ Five. I I did my usual pirate it to see what it's like because I heard a lot of complaints, and it, it it wasn't it wasn't fun. Vanilla Civ Five for me wasn't fun, so I I didn't buy it. I just kept playing four. Again, once, I got it once Gods and Kings dropped. Me too. Uh, once they started fixing some of the things that I wasn't cool with not being fixed, then I, I jumped in. So the fact that they recognized what they did wrong last time, um, which is the impression I'm getting from how they've approached this, I, I feel much better about this one than I did about five. <laughs> well, because they released, they released Gods and Kings and Brave New World, and those everyone's like, perfect, thank you. And then yeah. they're like, here's Beyond Earth, and they're like, okay, I'm on board. And then like, they play it, and they're like, oh, oh, this is oh, right. garbage. <laughs> we forgot you guys kind of suck sometimes. Oh, that's right, Frex. You guys aren't perfect. Damn it. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go back to Civ Five. Yeah. This, <laughs> like, this isn't fun. It seems to be the, the trend is that every time they put out a new game, everyone plays it and goes, I'm going to go play the old one until you fix this one. Like, you fixed everything in the last game. Why don't you take those lessons with you, damn it? Right, you, you learned. In fact, next time, let's just not make this a separate game and, like, maybe, I don't know, just fix the other stuff you didn't fix from the other one. Like, can we have corporations back now? And maybe, like, actual diplomacy instead of a new game that doesn't do anything? I don't know. It's, maybe, it, maybe it's just it just seen, Again, like I said, you haven't played, you didn't play Beyond Earth, but Beyond Earth definitely was fun, but it's one of those things where you play it for... Again, this is in terms of Civ hours, so it's not a lot. You play it for like 10, 20 hours, and you're just kind of like, I have done everything this game has to, has to offer me. And you're done. Whereas Civ Five, I am in hour whatever thousand, and it's like, one more turn. Right. <laughs> like, I just can't. Like, I just can't help myself. Like, oh, shit, it's five in the morning already. Oh. <sighs> Well, since it's five in the morning, I'm not going to get any sleep, so I might as well, like, attack Attila again. Like, I, I need to take that city back. I need that canal spot. Like, I just need the canal. Like, I just can't. Civ's a good one for me when I'm working, but need something to distract me every once in a while. Because it just kind of sits in the background waiting for you to do something. I do like that. Except for sometimes I forget what I did the last time, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. What was I planning to do? Who was I? Was I uh, all my units are in a certain arrangement, and I'm like... What was I planning to do right now? And I had to like retreat and rethink things. <laughs> you just set up like a notepad for yourself to record your your stratagems. Well, I mean, it's like chess. It's a it's a big chessboard where if you don't record every move that you've made, you don't know where you're thinking. Right. And if you're not going to continue at that one moment, you better write down every fucking move you just made, like tournament style, to be like, okay, this happened and this happened. And this is how I responded. All right, cool. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. Uh, queen to rook, rook six, like there you go, bam! I'm back in the game. But like for Civ, there's so many units and so much things to keep track of. I'm just like, fuck! What was I doing? I forgot! <laughs> I forgot! Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see new scenarios too. Um, scenarios are always fun for me. They they mentioned having scenarios that are designed for like one sitting, and that yeah, sounds the awesome. They said multiplayer games done in one go. Yeah, and I'm like. I'm listening. Like, you've got my yeah. attention now. Like, I'm really excited for that prospect because we haven't really seen anything like that before. Yeah, yeah, not. We have games that last a year sometimes. Right. 
It reminds like, me of some of the Monopoly games. Oh, sorry. Some of the Monopoly games we used to play back in the day is that like we would have to sit there, write down everyone's dollar value, what they had, write down everyone's properties, write down everyone's like position on the board, put the game away, and then start again the next Pick day. Pick it back up later. Yeah, and that's kind of how can, Civ was. Can we just talk about how much I hate Monopoly? Why do you hate Monopoly, dude? Monopoly. You haven't played with us. That's the, the problem. You haven't played it with with my crew. Like we have See, everyone says that about Monopoly. Everyone's like, oh, we just haven't played it the right way. I haven't played it by, you know, these rules or, no, or no, this way no, or whatever. Nothing to do with rules. And I'm like, no, like there, there's only one way to play Monopoly. It's following the actual rules. And when you play Monopoly by the actual rules, it fucking sucks because that's the point of Monopoly. Like, Monopoly is to teach you how bad it sucks. But like, Monop- just, it, except for the person who's winning. I mean, I think that's your problem. Is you've never had that that sweet, sweet taste of victory. I win all the damn time. Then what the fuck is your I, problem? It's just not fun for me. Like How it feels like you. work. It feels like work. How dare like I'm you. cutting deals and, and trying to like get the best <laughs> profit margin on shit, and I'm I'm wheeling and dealing from like turn two, and like by the time we've gone around the board three times, I own half the property and I have most of the money, and I'm just like, nah, I'm not. This isn't fun. Like I said, like, this isn't real money. I can't spend this shit. Why am I doing this? If I'm going to work, I might as well do it on the clock. I'm just saying that we have a ton of fun, and especially since we use a My Little Pony board. Oh, good. Uh, it's kind of like, no, I want Rainbow Dash's house. I want Cloudsdale, and I want... It's like the arguments are already silly for Monopoly, but then you elevate that to be like, you give See, me I- Sugar Cube Corner, goddammit. <laughs> See, I also had an ex who loved monopoly and was awful awful <laughs> anytime she played it like she she i mean uh, i could go on about my disagreements with my ex but generally speaking i think we can all agree that she was a terrible person when playing monopoly and it just wasn't fun like i, I don't know i've never enjoyed playing monopoly i've never had a game of monopoly but like boy that was fun i can't wait to do it again it's always like oh thank god that's over uh, oh, we, we, we made it through a Monopoly game without anybody flipping the table or stabbing someone. We did, we did good. That's a success, goddammit. How dare <laughs> well, we you say it. otherwise? That good is work, a success. Team. Good job. Like, instead, I could be playing something fun. I'm just saying that when you get together and you're all drinking, like a light game of Monopoly to pass the There's time. There's no such thing as a light game of Monopoly. You play there a are, light there game of humanity. There are fast yeah, rules I, for that. There's quick play rules. Official I know there players. are, but it didn't change anything. It does. Like, it makes you hate people so quickly, and it's beautiful. I already hate people. That's the thing. Like, that's uh, why I don't need Monopoly. It's just, uh, but, uh, Hashtag why I don't need Monopoly. <laughs> oh, God. Hashtag controversy. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I definitely like, I definitely like playing Monopoly. It's super fun. Like, again, our whole thing is that we will play, like, Monopoly, Uno, Cards Against Humanity. Like, those are the big three that we hit up whenever we're all drinking and stupid. Or, no, what I what I introduced them to is Countdown. I don't know if you've heard of Countdown before. It's, I don't know. It's a, it's a British show uh, where you select letters at random, consonant, vowels, up to nine, and then you have to make, think of the lo- longest word of those nine letters. And then there's another one where you select numbers... And you have the small ones, one through nine, one through ten, and the big ones, twenty five, fifty, seventy five, hundred. 
and those are all random cards that get selected, and then a random number gets generated, and you have to get as close to that number as possible using the numbers you selected. Like it's such a, it's such a. What in the fuck did you even just say? It's such I can't a, even keep up with what you just said. Like you talk a random number generator, really for a game, a drinking game, you need to generate a random number. Okay. Like you're, okay. You you're, have you're the thinking number, too much. You have the numbers one, three, four, seven. 25 and 50 use those numbers to get to 657 you have 30 seconds go what yes that's the game that isn't that's not a game that's work no it's It's engineering that's not work it's super fun all i do is numbers i don't want to do work like for me if i'm playing a game and i'm not like sober as hell the most I can do is is cards against humanity. It's probably like, I can. That's probably I can why make things sound funny in my head. I mean, that's, that's it. Again, it's tabletop. It's tabletop. That you seem to tabletop, but that's math. That's what I'm saying. That's the same thing. Like you play a game that you end up having to do some a bit of work in, but like nothing wrong with that. That's why we again we're a bunch of nerds. And how we have, quote-unquote, have fun is we all get together and drink and then end up doing fucking maths and numbers. All right? Yeah, that's like, lame. <laughs> like, when, when I play d We're lame I'm, sometimes. I'm role-playing. I'm not doing the fucking math. When I DM, I'm not doing the fucking math. Like, spoiler alert for my, my you know, groups that I DM. I don't do the math on your shit. Like, I just I, make I do... shit up and have you fucking <laughs> deal with it. For the most part, yeah. Like, dice rolls and me making shit up. Like, I, I know how to do armor class checks and shit, but that's so much goddamn math. Like, have you have you ever DM'd 3.5? It, it's like trying to get a degree in engineering. But again, that's what makes that level of nerd, like, that level of nerd where, is where we're at. Except we don't play D&Ds. Well, we're at that level where it's like, let's get together and do Monopoly. Yay! Let's get together and fucking play uh, Countdown. Yay! Like I don't know. Yeah, but I, I'm I not love drunk. Like I can't do that. I can't. I'm not. I'm not that smart. I can't do that in and my head. Drunk. It, it's what. It's what makes. It's what. It's not. You don't do it in your head. You have. You do it with a piece of paper. Anyway, it's uh, worse. It's <laughs> great because you can see the people as they get further and further into the night. They're like, hang on, hang on, pause, pause, pause. I need. A, hang on, thirty seconds. Is, hang on. I need a math. I need a math. And they're just kind of like, or you have like, we have one person like passed out on the couch. <laughs> and we're just kind of like, can someone draw a dick? You think she's asleep enough? You think, you think she's no, asleep no, enough? Let's just do math problems on her forehead. <laughs> let's do it. She's white enough. She's pale enough for paper. It works. Uh, pull, pulling the race card. All right. We're, go, we're going there. Okay. The friend, always, always about white people with you. The friend who always. passes out, generally the white one. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I can't. I can't make that ah, shit up. Fucking white people. Fucking white people. DB says Uno makes friends want to square up with each other. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> How dare you drop that draw four? You want you coming at me, bro? Come at me, bro. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> I thought we were cool. I thought we were friends. How dare you make me do another draw two? How da- How dare you skip me? I was the best man at your wedding, and you're gonna double draw for me for real. <laughs> Oh, I see how it is. You're going to skip me? You're going <laughs> to skip me? Ugh. Don't bring that shit up in here. 
Like, just wait. I'll reverse it to oh, you. No, we, we got a big shot in here. He's going to skip people. <laughs> Ooh, wait till I reverse it and then draw for your ass. Like, see what happens. See how well you like it. Although, it's, it's not as bad as Halo back in the day. Like, <laughs> I, as much as I miss LAN parties, and I do so, so much, Halo 2 LAN parties, was, and Halo 1 LAN parties was some of the most fun I think I had growing up was... Four of us bringing our, our um, getting our lap. I mean, our Xboxes together. Six, like twenty of us. So one entire team had to sit out. And there are people we can sub in. There's pizza. There's beer. Even though we were all underage, for some reason there's beer. We, but we we all get together. There's a bonfire going. We're all having a great time. Except for one time, and I never let him live it down. I never let this guy live it down. I still mention to it to this day. It's been like 14 years since it happened. Um, there was a a great time where it, it's in Blood Gulch, Halo One Blood Gulch. On one of the bases, there's a spot to the side where you can snipe the other base and stay very well hidden. Yeah, and Again, we were all kind of new at the game. It's not like we all had... It wasn't... It was the early days of, you know, knowing shit on the internet, blah, blah, blah. So we didn't know where that spot was except for him and his team. But once we found it and could kill him, and then we... If we ever started on that side, we would use that spot to kill him. One time, we... I dominated him after I found that spot. I just dominated him. And again... In a fit of rage, he then picks a picks up a log out of the bonfire that's on fire and throws it at me. Cool. <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, what the?" And everyone just like you know, every, you know that that weird dogs perking up their ears thing. Right. That's what everyone did at the same time. They just went, "What the." Because that's kind of a weird reaction for anything in a video game. <laughs> but oh, he got dominated. To, to hurl fire at somebody. <laughs> and I was like, dude, calm down. And he like, really, he's like, no, think of it, it's, it's a weird way to resolve conflict at all. Like, uh, now that I think it through completely, there's not really any situation where that's an appropriate way to resolve conflict. It's, it's not appropriate in any way, shape, or form. But it was definitely funny because, like, he eventually joined the Marines, and I was like, that makes sense. That makes so much sense. Holy shit, yeah. No, I get it. And now No, they- lane parties were the shit, man. Like, I, that was my first real introduction to, to a lot of, like, the more nerdy things like that was doing land parties for Halo 1. Because, um, I mean, I, I was very poor growing up and didn't have a lot of introduction into the nerd culture until, like, later in my late teens. Um, so like Halo one playing Halo one at like a friend's house for land parties was the first time I'd had a two joystick system in my hand. Like that was, you know, a unique thing for me. And so trying to play Halo when I'd never played a game where you had to have a separate joystick just for where you were looking, I, I was very confused. And so I ended up just driving the warthog around a lot and ended up really enjoying that and becoming pretty good at it, which is why the warthog is one of my most used weapons in Halo now. That's why you suck at it now. I'm kidding. Well, I'm the best. <laughs> I was really good at driving the Warthog in Halo 1 and 2. When they were indestructible. Once you could start killing Warthogs, 
my skill level dropped a bit because they were just they would just be like, oh yeah, fuck that guy, and just start shooting at it really badly. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, stop! No, don't, <laughs> please. And then boom, and it's like, well, I guess I gotta start shooting with a gun now. Like, ugh. like, like a common person <laughs> using guns. Can I just run you over and then like do a sweet? A sweet 360 flip and hit you with the back end of the Jeep and then watch you fly across the map. I can't do that anymore? Oh, no, because I'll explode if I try to do that shit now. That's <laughs> why you got to get the uh, the Oni Warthogs now and, and whatever. <laughs> what, what are we on? Five, six, eight, whatever. Five? Halo Current. Well, they have a new thing. Oh, fucking forgot what it's called now. Uh... There's a new level besides uh, Oni. It's something else. I freaking forgot what it's called already. Um, but the new the new update, that shit's good. Shit is good. I won't even lie. Like there's something about Halo Five that's just these free updates. And now I can't wait for the next one that has George's. Uh, uh, it'll have George's chain gun. Oh yeah. It's like oh yes. Put the forklift back in. Come on. Come on. Ah, forklift. I forgot about forklift. Dude, never forget. I did. I forgot. Like that's just And and, and that number I wasn't supposed to forget. 711 or whatever. Remember reach, right? I do remember reach. Reach was I loved reach. Queen invasion and armor lock pre-nerf, man. Was my shit. Wait. I'm the only one. Wait, Nobody wait, else wait, lo- wait, 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 wait. Armorlock from Reach? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. I loved Armorlock. It was such the trolliest of the troll armor. Bands. I know, that's why I loved it. Like, I would make so many people mad. So many people rage quit because of my armorlocking. It was so good. I'm so good. I wasn't good. I just was good with that. Like, I suck at Halo, but I was good with Armor Lock. And Armor Lock happened to be something that if you were good with it, people got really angry. So I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't like the fact like that you, a, you had to choose between Sprint and Jetpack. That's the thing I didn't like. <laughs> I was like, what? That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I can fly, but I can't run. I, I weigh a thousand pounds, but, but sprinting is kind of tough for me, so... Of course. Halo logic. I mean, not in the games or anything, but I mean, I mean, not in the books or the story, but... The... <laughs> not in the books. <laughs> I'm not a game player. I only read the Halo books. Don't spoil them for me. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> Halo 5 has introduced a lot of elements from the books, which makes me super fucking happy. All right? Like, the fact that the, yeah. the Norn thing... Being Linda's yeah. weapon, ah, oh, fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. I'm gonna kill you, no matter where I shoot you, because of my fucking Norn Fang. I yeah. shoot you in the pinky toe, you're dead, <laughs> because it's Linda's sniper. But you know that's just how it goes. It's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I think we. Uh, you definitely hit up a bunch of topics, you know. 
first time trying to do it live. Got, you know, DB, Peace Monks, and uh, this other dude. <laughs> that guy. Who, who constantly shows up sometimes in, my, in the streams. But whatever. Keyman's biggest fan. Oh, yeah. The guy who calls me fatty is my biggest fan. Um, I, I guess I, I should get this out of the way. Uh, thanks to... Um, it's called Toolshi Jewelers, who uh, been gracious enough to kind of kind of sponsor us and whatever. It's really nice. Uh, run by uh, someone I graduated high school with, who has decided to make jewelry as his career, and I think that's something I fully support. If you're gonna go into something, go into something really nice. Definitely. And so, if you have, if you have a need for for jewelry, for weddings, or anything for engagements, for your girlfriends, your wives, whoever, you can definitely check them out at tj.jewelersshowcase.com and mention that you know they got it from Overweight Nights, got it from Kitty Man, got it from whoever. Like just mention, just mention us in some way; it'll help us out. Uh, but thanks for watching, guys, and. It was definitely an interesting experience to to be doing this live. Hopefully, we can do this every week live. Yeah, I like it. And it makes it easier to kind of... It makes it easier on me as far as editing goes. Maybe, hopefully, next time computers won't crash as often. Maybe. And hopefully, maybe. we'll have, you know, uh, Zeke and maybe other guests since we're doing this uh, doing this live. Like, who knows, who knows who could join us? Ooh. But... Uh, again, I've been Kim Sex, Kitty Man, Sam, Adrian, whatever you feel like calling me. And with me, as usual, most of the time, is Mort, Nick, however you want to call him as well. He's the man with a better beer. Hopefully there will be a game stream right after this. Yes, there will. But I just wanted to get this part out of the way. Thanks for, thanks for listening. And we'll definitely catch you next time. Once I get this thing to go, there we go. Well, cool. I kind of like it going live. That, that, didn't, that didn't go too bad. Yeah. wasn't 